0: Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars' daily sports podcast. It's Thursday, September 16th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Chiefs today on a show that started as a Sports Beat Live with Herbie Teope, Sam Mellinger, and Vahe Gregorian. What do the Chiefs need clean up from the victory over the Browns? We talk about last week's game and look ahead to the game at the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday Night Football. Patrick Mahomes looks to make it four straight over Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, but it's the first time he'll play at Baltimore with fans in the stands. What are the keys to the game? Well, we talk about that. So let's get started talking Chiefs. Good morning, Good morning from Kansas City. Welcome to Sports Beat Live, where the folks who cover the Chiefs for the Star get together and talk about the next game, previous game, and anything else you want to discuss. About the Chiefs. You all drive the show, so please send us your questions and comments, and we'll respond to you. I see where Herbie Teopia is here along with Sam Mellinger and Bob Gregorian. Sam McDowell usually joins us, is on assignment (laughs) (laughs) as as a dad. Um, he and his wife Kate welcomed Mirabelle to the McDowell family. Earlier this week, and we couldn't be happier for for the McDowell's. And, and and Brennan now has a sister in Mirabelle. That's fantastic. So Sam will be back with us. Um, I don't know, sometime in the coming weeks, but he's being a he's being a papa and a parent, and uh, and we could like like I said, we couldn't be happier for him. So all right, guys, Chiefs are one and O heading into Baltimore for. Sunday night football. I will not. Um, I'll I'll save my uh, disdain for for night football uh, for another show. But
1: <laughs> for, for uh, during the game, save it for yeah, that. Yeah,
0: I'll wait. Right, I'll wait till we're sitting together talking about how much I hate night football. But that's that's a me thing. Okay, that's just <laughs> that's, that's just me. So um, you know, often we start with the injury report. And uh, being at a practice yesterday, uh, Andy Reid started off the press conference by saying there are no injuries to report. So of course, that's news because uh, it means there will be some players available for the Ravens game that were not available for the Cleveland Browns. Kirby, tell us who they are. Well, the big
2: two, the, the two big ones, obviously, are safety Tyron Matthew who was on the practice field and he's not even on the injury list. So there's clearly no concerns, no lingering concerns whatsoever of his return from the reserve COVID-19 list. Uh, And then obviously Frank Clark, Frank Clark suffered a hamstring injury in training camp on August the 12th. He didn't play in any of the preseason games and he was also inactive for the season opening win against the Cleveland Browns. But the good news is he put in a full practice on Wednesday. So It's looking up for him. Barring a setback, he will make his return to the starting lineup. The Chiefs also listed Tyreek Hill with a toe injury, Clyde Edwards-Alaire with an ankle injury, Derek Nottie with a hip injury, and Mike Dana with a groin injury. But they put in a full practice Wednesday, meaning they took their full repetitions. And then Austin Blythe, uh, who recently underwent sports hernia surgery, was limited, and then Colin Saunders with a glute injury was limited. But uh, overall, this is a good-looking injury report leading to Sunday night's game.
0: Yeah, nothing like the Ravens uh, injury issues. Uh, We'll talk about that in in a little bit. Um, So uh, Frank Clark, we saw running with the ones. He was he was running with the starting defense, even though he has not been didn't play in a preseason game. And uh, boy, it'll be fascinating to see him on the field fifty-five for the first time this season. What can we expect? What do you think, Herbie? What can you expect from a from a a player uh, who basically hasn't, you know, know, hasn't seen any game action since the Super Bowl last year?
2: Well, I think, if anything, they're going to rely on his speed because you need that speed on the edge when you face a guy like Lamar Jackson. You saw what he did on Monday night with that 28-yard run because he broke containment uh, against the Raiders. But, you know, Clark will give them that speed element on the outside. And, you know, if he stays disciplined within his lane, he should be able to help keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket Uh, you know but if he doesn't if they try to limit his snaps they have some depth there with Mike Dana Dana has enjoyed a strong training camp and you know he was a guy who started in place of Clark against the Browns
0: okay hey so we're going to talk a lot about the Ravens here coming up but let's look back at the um, at at the Browns game and any kind of lingering issues something that the 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 Chiefs should be concerned about this week heading into Baltimore. Um, I, I, look, I look back on that game and and think, boy, I, if I don't know if the Chiefs want to play the Browns again. That's how impressed I was with how Cleveland came out in that game, how well prepared the Browns were, how you know how uh, Stefanski had that team ready to play, how well the Browns executed the game plan, and for three quarters, you know, Cleveland was ready to win that game. And, and then the Chiefs did what the Chiefs have been doing since Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback. They found a way to win on, on, on a such a Chiefsian, you know, moment. The seventy-five yard touchdown pass to to Tyree Hill. The, um, you know, a, a punter dropping a punt and the Chiefs turning that into the second Mahomes to Kelsey touchdown pass, and then Chris Jones having the. Really nice, um, you know, defensive the the sack and playing really well defensively in the second half. So, did so victory was terrific for the Chiefs, uh, Melly. But what did it did it mask some issues that the Chiefs have to fix this week? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know.
3: Um, It's it's just wild to me how we're all humans, but it's just it's wild to me how fast we went from like. Just be competitive to beat what I think is the next best team in the AFC, and it wasn't good enough. You know, uh, coming off a season where they went what sixteen and two or fifteen and two, whatever it was with uh, with the varsity playing, um, and maybe fifteen and one. If I don't know if you count that offensive line in the Super Bowl as the varsity, but um, look, I mean th- they're flawed, right? Um, they're not a perfect team and the browns i think are really well positioned to take advantage of some of those flaws particularly with that offensive line and 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 the run game but um i just and so yeah i mean they could lose they could get better you know all these things but um the thing that it's just i'm not going to forget this like it just they put so much pressure on you to be perfect and and one mistake can become another and it, it just it, it can kind of snowball remember the game um it was the chargers was it last season where the chiefs really kind of stunk for, for most of the game. And then they had like one great, like eight minutes or whatever it was. And they ended up winning, you know, that was the Butker game um, in in a lot of ways. It's just, um, yeah. I mean, they're not perfect. They, they could get better against the run. They can get beat deep. That defense can, can be had, you know, if you get some guys running deep um, you know, who who's catching the ball besides Kelsey and Hill. But I mean, it's just like, (laughs) you know, there's, there's, Maybe, I don't know, if there's 31 other sort of beat teams at other newspapers, you know, around the NFL, the, the, the problems that they're talking about are a lot more tangible and problematic than, than what we're going to be talking about. No doubt. Blair, i just chime in with,
1: you know, Sam expressed this better in his column than I will right now, but, you know, there is a way that the Chiefs generate some of this fortune, right? I don't know that the punter drops the ball, if it in a vacuum, I think it happened because they just had the Chiefs just had the 75 yard touchdown and, and the flow of the game was changing. And there was a fluster factor for the Browns that is part of the Chiefs formula at this point, because, you know, they're just going to keep coming and they're never done. So I come out of the game feeling like um, sort of like I can't make the look Sam made earlier, but just sort of the eh. but it it is true that two or three plays change the game. I mean, without that drop punt, I don't know if they win. I don't think they win without the 75 yard touchdown pass uh, those, those plays might not have happened. Um, the flip side of that though, also is whatever problems the Browns present, um, they're going to also be facing a little bit different defense next time they play, presumably if Tyron Matthews, indeed healthy, then and Frank Clark. And I, so I, I, I think there's a little bit of a coin toss here, but I would still like the Chiefs in another game with the Browns.
2: I'll say this. I would love to see the Chiefs and Browns play at full strength. I mean, obviously the Browns were missing the Odell Beckham Jr., but conversely yeah. the Chiefs didn't have Tyron Matthew. And those two players just add a completely different dynamic to what the Browns want to do in the passing game and what the Chiefs will do defensively.
3: There's an old line that I was thinking about um this week. Is it's it's from a golfer an old golf. I don't know if it's like Arnold Palmer or Jack Nicholas or Ben Hogan or whatever, but he said, um, the more I practice, the luckier I get. And there's sort of some of that with the Chiefs, like the better, because they used to have a lot of bad breaks, right? Like the the Mariota. I don't have to bring up that Titans playoff game. I mean, they, we we know they've had some bad breaks, but it's like now they're really good. And they seem to be getting, you know, the, the chub fumble at the right time. And, you know, the punter dropping the pass and uh, or dropping the snap and, and all that stuff. And I, I, that's not a coincidence, you know, they're just, um, and again, they can be beaten. If you can, if you can hit Mahomes, uh, particularly without blitzing, but that's like the key to beating anybody. Right. Um, but if you can do that, then things can start to unravel a little bit and you can control the line of scrimmage and all these other things, but um, God, there's, you, you just have to check off so many boxes. It's a really hard thing to do.
0: Uh, I, I agree with Herbie. I would like, you know, I think the, the Browns not having Odell Beckham Jr. made a difference to them. Although I don't know how they could have, you know, been more efficient offensively on those first three possessions. Yeah. Um, and and um, I, don't, I don't know. We every time somebody beats the Chiefs, there's a blueprint now to beat the Chiefs. Right. Um, and you know, whatever. You know, what the Browns did in the first half didn't resemble anything the Bucks did in the Super Bowl because they um, it was just a different type. Those were just different types of games. But the I, I was impressed with the way the the and, and a little bit surprised by the Browns having as much success on the ground against this Chiefs defense we thought was going to be improved, especially in the middle, moving uh, kicking Chris Jones to the outside and having Derek Noddy and Jared. Reed in in the middle is is the the lead guys in the in the in the defensive tackle rotation. I thought that was a little discouraging, uh, on uh, from from last week. And hey, you know t- what? Uh, so Mahomes was twenty. I think it was twenty seven of thirty six, and twenty two of those thirty six pass attempts went to two players. Uh, Sam, you mentioned it just a moment ago. Um, so I, I think the, they they do need to reduce the the, the targets to Tyree Kill and find a you know make sure they find a a, you know, a reliable second wide receiver threat. I think they've got plenty of options there. They, the game plan or the, the game presented itself in a way that the, the, uh, it just didn't it unfold that way. So um, th- those are the kind of the two things that I look at it. And, and the other look the other thing was the Orlando Brown Jr. game. Uh, Allowed a career high five pressures, in you know in that game. So going into Baltimore with another you know a, a blitzing Baltimore team. That's one thing that the Ravens have have kind of a common thread through the Ravens' previous games against the Chiefs is they they pin their ears back on defense and try to come after Mahomes. Hasn't been terribly successful, right? I mean, given the results of the last three years. But, um but now it's a new offensive line for the Chiefs and I was I guess I was hoping for a little bit more uh success from the offensive line especially when it came to the running game Chiefs only mustered 73 yards rushing Mahomes had the only rushing touchdown the longest run of the day for the Chiefs was nine yards by Clyde Edwards Alaire so I don't know maybe maybe if this were a Dallas Cowboys show or you know uh, you know some, some, some the Patriots show we I wouldn't think about all the sort of the flaws that I saw the first week. I just said, yeah, that was that was the team that, you know, they, they found a way to win at the end. But I don't know. I, I look at the Chiefs. They still have some things to to remedy uh, going into Baltimore and to uh, and and for the rest of the season. So let's um, uh, the um, Jason Paddock says the lack of pressure from the defense uh, it, it made the inexperience of the secondary a glaring issue in the first half last week. Certainly was, and you know, you know, without Tyron Matthew back there, they had to change some things. And so, Herbie, who who stands to to uh, lose playing time with Tyron Matthew back in the fold?
2: It depends on what the Chiefs decide to do. If they're playing more nickel, or if they go into more into a dime package, then I think you're going to see a lot of the all three safeties on the field at the same time. You'll see Juan Thornhill, uh, Daniel Sorensen, and Tyron Matthew, but they stick with a lot of base and it's probably gonna be Juan Thornhill whose playing time will will drop. Thornhill recorded uh, the second most defensive snaps on Sunday against the Browns, obviously because Matthew was out and he's the one who started in place of Matthew. And then Andy Reid told us yesterday that, you know, he was responsible for making some of the calls back there And that was the biggest thing you missed without Tyron Matthew. And it was so glaring on Sunday. If you can go back and, and revoke the defensive player of the year over the last two seasons, you saw what number 32 means to this Chiefs defense, you know, with him not being out there.
0: Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKCoffer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Terrence Warno robinson makes a couple of points we, we should talk about. Lucas Niang looked better than Orlando Brown, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire left uh, – a lot of yards on the field, uh, you know, again, we're from our perspective in the press box, we do get to kind of look down on the game. It's why coaches sit in the press box during, during games because they can get that, that different perspective. And it just looked like, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire wasn't exactly, uh, you know, finding the, the, the running lanes, the opportunities for him. I know Vahe, you and I were, you know, chatting about that up in up in the press box and, this this team really the whole idea of the Chiefs' offense being better, and you know we thought maybe Mahomes' numbers comes de- come down a little bit this year because the running game improves. And look, they, they scored thirty three points a- against the Browns, played you know had nice offensive numbers, but you would like to see a little bit better uh, pro- production in the running game.
1: I I thought it was a little um, surprising to me out of Clyde. I, I I think of him as having really good vision. Certainly uh, great ability to, to, to cut and make things happen in a hurry. I, I have Most of the time we've seen him play, I always thought of him as a guy who falls two or three yards past where you think he's going to land. But the one play in particular you're talking about, Blair, was like wide open left side of the line. And I think we've seen some replays and even still photos of like, oh. But I think he ran like a guy who was a little rusty Um, not a guy who was timid. And I, I think those traits of his, the, the the vision and the the acceleration, the speed, I, all those will kick in. I, I don't, I've heard some concern about him. I, I don't feel like that. Maybe you guys feel differently.
0: You know, look, the other thing is the chiefs are playing from behind from the, from the get go too. So, um, they they ran they had 65 offensive snaps and threw and, and Mahomes had 36 pass attempts uh, they were throwing early and often so but again I, um, I I do think they want to get that running game established I, I think one of the one of the mistakes the Browns made in this game was when they fell behind by uh, you know after after the second uh, Kelsey to, uh, Kelsey touchdown reception they abandoned the run that had gone so well for them. You know, earlier, and I think teams don't. Don't you think, Sam? Teams tend to do that against the Chiefs. They panic a little bit when yeah. games get tight.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I um, I, I, again, I mean, I just keep going back to that takeaway. But like, I haven't. We've seen teams kind of panic and do some things that, you know, maybe they're not equipped to do, or maybe it's not the best thing for them to do. Um, But I just don't know that I've seen that much panic in a team as as we saw from the Browns. And I, I don't know if that was. I'm I'm saying panic maybe that's pressing, you know, maybe it's in their mind. The last game we played was a playoff loss to these guys. Now's our chance. We've had all offseason. They made some really interesting changes, like um, especially in the secondary um, and in the draft that sure seemed focused on beating the chiefs and, and maybe they were putting too much on it. Um, I don't know, but uh, I I do think that the Browns um, are a really good team. And, And I do think that, both of these teams are going to be different. I'm assuming they're going to play in the playoffs. I really am. Um, and I think that they'll be different um, once they – you never know about injuries, but I think the Chiefs' offensive line I'm assuming will be better um, by then, assuming health. And, and I think the Browns will continue to evolve and stuff as well. Um, but I, I do have a little bit of concern with that running game. you know. And, and again, I think that, that Clyde will be better as the season goes on assuming that the offensive line is better as the season goes on um but they were playing from behind like you said blair but in theory that should mean that there's more space for him you know if if the browns are expecting the pass then maybe you can sneak in a six yard run uh when when they're not expecting it there just wasn't you know <laughs> um our 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 guy our our friend would say like it just didn't seem like he had a lot of juice um, you know, when, when he was carrying the ball. And uh, I think we'll see bursts of that because um, he he is super talented and he's really quick um, and he's got a lot of ability, but um, just it, it, it wasn't really there on Sunday.
0: He, he did have a nice reception out of the backfield. And, I, and, yeah. and you know, we, one thing we, we've heard a lot about uh, leading up to the season that you, you probably see a little bit more of a developed screen game or the Chiefs returning to a bit of a screen game this year that, 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 didn't exist a year ago. Uh, maybe, maybe that's in the offing, but we didn't see except for, you know, he had the one reception. It wasn't a screen. It was just a, I don't know, kind of a wheel route, whatever it was just out of the backfield. And, and, and it was a nice, nice call, nice play. Uh, but, um, just,
3: um, can I say something else real quick about yeah. him in the past game is they've got to be careful there because, um, we talked, not talked, but we heard a lot from the chiefs about how he was a lot better in pass protection now. Um, I, it wasn't on Sunday, you know, if, if, you know, especially if you go back and watch Mahomes' touchdown run, um, the offensive line had that thing that it was, that might've been one of their best, best snaps. I mean, they, they had that thing walled off and the pressure came in because Edwards, I forgot who, who was rushing for the Browns, but Clyde just whiffed on the block and, and that's why Mahomes had to flush and, and then came through and Trey Smith just annihilated somebody uh, right there at the goal line to get in. But that, that's a thing that, I guess my point here is um, they might have to incorporate those screens to sort of keep the defense from just attacking Clyde all the time, you know, use him as a weapon instead of, instead of a defense.
0: And the Browns have one of the best offensive line, if not the best offensive line in football. Um, That was, which, which kind of made the Chris Jones sack in the fourth quarter, all the more impressive uh, that he was able to, to to get to Baker Mayfield as quickly as he did. Um, so um, uh, Tony says hopefully Chiefs will incorporate a second, third wide receiver in the plan this week and a tight end. Uh, other than Kelsey, Browns were very good. Uh, totally agree with that. Uh, yeah, I listen, um, the, the Chiefs have I, – I, I looked it up. In the three regular season games since 2018, the Chiefs have averaged almost 400 yards passing. We talk about Mahomes' <laughs> stats in September, which are phenom- unbelievable, right? 11-0 and with – um, it was at thirty-five touchdowns and no interceptions. Now, I mean, that was just otherworldly stats. Well, two of those wins have come over the Ravens in that time, and he's three and zero. He's three zero against Baltimore, and I looked this up too. He's seven zero against the NFC North, so he hasn't <laughs> lost to a game in in this division. There's a lot of stats like that for uh, for Mahomes.
3: You know, one thing that I was I've been laughing about this week, um, Vahe. I think after after the game, you had mentioned, you know, Andy Reid mentioned like 20 names in the post game and, and the quarterback wasn't one of them. And, and the quarterback was named AFC player of the week.
1: <laughs> like, it was funny. great kind of just testament to the routine, right? Of it. Hey, one quick thing on the, uh, uh, that last question regarding, you know, another receiving thread, I think we we've, we've all been a little cognizant of that. And I I've been thinking about it a little bit, You know, when it comes right down to it, we understand there's a special chemistry among Patrick, Travis, and Tyreek. And that that has not been generated, cultivated, felt uh, with with the other receivers. It just hasn't. And time and again, we see things like McCole Hardman coming up short of the sticks when he he could have run a couple more yards the other day. Uh, There was one play, it didn't get discussed, but – Patrick threw the ball into a um, – had enough time through and, and it looked to me like my assumption would be McCall Hartman was in the wrong place where the ball landed. That's just an assumption. We don't know the pattern. But I feel like that has that taken more energy to try to generate than, than, uh, than it should. And I, I don't quite understand why it's not happening. And it's just funny, the contrast with that and Patrick seeing Tyreek's little yellow gloves – down the field and deciding he can wing it or, you know, the mind meld he always has with Kelsey with that great bit on the sideline a couple years ago, where Travis <laughs> was saying to him that he didn't know where he was going and how did Patrick know that he was doing that. He's got that with those guys. So in the crunch, that's where he's going and something, you know, he gets more juice out of those other guys. That's, that's, Maybe it's an embarrassment of riches with Tyreek and Travis, but it really points out that that uh, they got to develop something else.
3: What's weird to me about this is that um, and, and look like the sort of worrying or complaining about who to throw the ball to after those two guys is <laughs> just a thing. Like we just need to recognize that this is kind of a silly discussion that we're having, but we do have the discussion. But it's just weird <laughs> to me that like, is there a better? Situation. Um, I mean, I know those guys eat up a lot of targets, but um, you're never going to be doubled, you know, and sometimes you'll sort of be single covered, you know, and, and that's the part that's weird is that with all that attention that defenses are giving um, to those two guys that that um, and Hardman's had, you know, over the years, um, I didn't really notice much le- uh, on Sunday, but um, certainly he'll have them this season like chances to make. Big, big plays. I mean, 40, 60, 80 yard touchdowns and he hasn't always connected on those. But it's just that's a strange part to me is that this is as easy as it gets. You know, this is, um, you know, this the uh, not I shouldn't say easy, but uh, God, you're set up for success when you've got the best quarterback in the league and and you you know that you'll never be doubled.
0: Yeah, but I was still surprised that the the Browns didn't bracket Kelsey in the red zone last it's week. It's crazy.
3: I don't know. Yeah, what are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> hey, do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Take your chances and let Byron Pringle beat you down there. But uh, right. he will. I mean, he he absolutely right. will. But you you know you know Kelsey is uh is automatic in 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 that uh, you know in in the in the red zone. So. Our great friend Jack says Alejandro Villanueva was beaten several times last week at his new position, right tackle. Can the Chiefs exploit that? Um, yes, I, I think so. Uh, I, I thought, you know, certainly in the second half, the Chiefs got the pass rush going and got some pressure on on Baker Mayfield. Not not only the Chris Jones sack, but the the game sealing interception on the, you know, on on the Sorensen blitz, and did a really nice job disrupting. Mayfield and, and of course Mike Hughes ended up with the with the interception so really uh, really good play by the Chiefs defense over the last several series in the second half after the after the tough start so so one of the themes for this week's game uh, Herbie isn't it the it's 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 the old friends alert on on both sides of the ball um <laughs> the revenge uh, game <laughs> yeah for both sides right um uh, I, I really enjoyed hearing Orlando Brown Jr. tell us yesterday, you know, when he, you know, when he played for the Ravens, he would look up at the at the suite level. And that's what you know, when uh, that's where the families of the players watched Ravens games. And of course, uh, Orlando Brown Sr. spent, you know, the majority of his career playing for it for the Ravens. And, and of course, on the other side, <coughs> Um, Sammy Watkins. Uh, it's funny we're talking a lot about second, you know, second targets or second wide receiver targets. Uh, um, there's Sammy Watkins playing for the Ravens now, and Justin Houston, um, who, um, you know, an old, really an old friend of the Chiefs, who I, I think will end up being in the team's Hall of Fame. You know, after after he retires. So, um, Herbie, can stuff like that be motivating? What what did, what did Orlando Brown say about that yesterday?
2: I think, you know, he said he'll be emotional going back to Baltimore, but he's going to be a professional about it and let his emotions uh, speak for itself. And, you know, ever since the CBA of 1992, which allowed free agency in the national football league, you see players change teams all the time. And, but, you know, for him, it's, it's kind of unique because he was drafted to be a starter and now, you know, then they traded him. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's a little pumped up the to show them that, hey, you made a mistake in trading me. But for the most part, most of these players understand that it is the nature of the business. You, know, you will face your former team. You will see former teammates, et cetera. The funny thing from his press conference yesterday, obviously, was, you know, is Steve Spagnolo in his ear trying to pick up some of uh, uh, the Baltimore Ravens offense tendencies? And what do you say? I don't snitch. <laughs> that was kind of funny the way he said that.
0: You asked the question. I thought it was. I, I, I thought it was a hilarious answer, and I was a little bit surprised by that because the NFL. I mean, by, by you know this, you know, they do nothing but snitch. I mean, that's, you sign players. To snitch. Yeah, yeah you, you sign players for that entire reason. Marty Schottenheimer used to do that all the time. He sign a guy three days before a game and cut him on you know on Monday.
1: It, it's funny I, I don't know where Orlando Brown is from originally I can't remember but it, it reminded me you know, having come from the Ravens it made me think of something out of the wire just the way he said
0: no
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man I don't know, Austin, did right? go to high school there my, my, maybe he did I think so with his dad playing there I think so
1: that, that's, that's right that's right anyway it was a really funny moment and uh, you know just a quick aside I, isn't he an impressive guy I mean to to hear how he owned up to how he played and and just how, how obviously smart he is, and um, you guys have observed that before. But I, I I was really struck by it yesterday.
3: He had me on his introductory press conference when um, because all you hear is that he wanted out of a good organization because he wanted to play left tackle instead of right tackle, and I'm like. I don't know, is this a diva? Is this a guy that just wants the extra million or whatever, whatever, you know, the extra money on a left tackle? But to hear him explain why, why that's important to him, I'm all in. You know, I mean, if you, if you play with that kind of heart um, and and you're doing it for your dad like that, I just – I'm all in, man. That's that's an impressive man.
0: Let me amplify the point about the, the Ravens organization. I, I didn't realize this, that in the um, – if you if you listed all the AFC teams, all you know all all AFC all sixteen AFC teams, they have the best winning percentage of their uh, f- in franchise history, right? So it, they've only been a franchise for what twenty five, twenty six years, but they've got the greatest winning percentage of of any team, um, better than the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Broncos, um, the Steelers. Uh, in their existence, they have the the best winning percentage. So it's a championship culture there. They have a really great culture in, in Baltimore, and and how, how often are we talking, you know, look, these these last three years of games have always, they've been showdowns, right? Mahomes, Jackson, you know, Ravens, Chiefs, uh, just, you know, games that are, you know, the prime time, prime time last year. Vahe, you were at that game last year with you no know, fans in Baltimore. There'll be fans this year. At, uh, was it was at M&T uh, Bank Stadium in, in Baltimore. I imagine the atmosphere is just going to be fantastic. So, I guess it's my way of saying that you know Baltimore is a you know is an organization that just you know they, they play to win uh, and and they are a um never to be taken lightly now having said all of that Chiefs are what – is it a Sam McDowell's not here to update us on the lines but three is it a three point saw was three yeah to go on the road against a team of this quality and and be a three-point favorite is really um, uh, telling, right? Um, so what happens on, on Sunday night? Uh, do the, um, you know, uh, Brian, Brian LaBerge uh, asks, do we think the Ravens are being called out by the Raiders for cheap, cheap impact or aggression this week? I don't think anything will impact the, the, impact the Raiders <laughs> aggression. They're going to, they're going to come after the Chiefs. But again, that hasn't worked. Uh, it just hasn't worked against the Chiefs. Uh, is this just a matchup problem for the Ravens, Sam?
3: I, yeah, I, that, that's what that's where I'm standing right now is, is on that ground. And I used to be very much in the opposite camp on this. I used to think that um, the Ravens were a bad matchup for the Chiefs just because of the way that they're able to run the ball. Um, and in theory, that should be true. Um, although I think Frank Clark makes a huge difference, he, he's the best they have at setting the edge and and playing the run like that um, on the outside at least. Um, but they blitz, and I I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but the Ravens year after year have one of the highest blitz rates uh, in football, and Mahomes' numbers against the blitz are just outrageous. I mean, he's just <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's 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 as if he wants you to you know like he he is better against the blitz than not. Um, and I think that that creates some problems because then do you do what you do, you know, and what you trust because you, you've you won a lot of games doing it, you know, or do you change it all just because of this freak show quarterback? And and so far, like the Ravens have been blitzing a lot and, and they paid for it. Um, I'm always interested in that matchup. But for the most part, yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm done with it, man. Like I want to see the Ravens beat the Chiefs before I like I'm I'm getting out of that room, you know, and I'll go back in as soon as the Ravens beat the Chiefs. But I just want to see it first because. I just, it's not happening so far. You get a little, yeah. Go go ahead, Sorry. No, go
0: ahead. I've got to, I've got to do a prediction on the game, and I'm trying to find reasons for the Ravens to win this game. You know, coming off an emotional loss, you know, Lamar Jackson just tired of hearing how he's 0 3 against Mahomes. And, but I just, I can't, I can't do it. I think the Chiefs would have to do some dumb things that, that we don't see, right? Um, for, for, for them to lose this game. So I, I'm sorry, by
1: no, it's along the same lines. I mean, I think, you know, until proven otherwise, you, you have to feel like the chiefs have their number. And um, this is a little unfair to Lamar. I love watching Lamar play, but I guess I do feel like I've come to feel like in the brightest moments um, that Patrick plays better when, when in that situation and Lamar seems to, you know, be mistake prone in in those moments, and uh, really for Lamar's sake, I I, I hope I hope that comes to be different. He's a guy you really want to see succeed, but um, that's just my sense of it, and that is heightened in this particular matchup.
3: Yeah, I think I think that the case for the Ravens is that if if you don't play your absolute best in this game against that team after what you did in Week One with you know at home the biggest platform that the nfl provides in the regular season if that doesn't bring out your absolute best then there's (laughs) you're a mess you know and so i think the chiefs need to expect that and i think maybe we'll see that but the problem is a lot of times that's not enough you know like a lot of times it just you can play your best but if the chiefs give their a minus um you're probably walking out of there having lost by five or six points
0: And I know we're talking about week two of the regular season, but where Lamar Jackson really has to step it up is in the playoffs, right? I mean, it's uh, um, he's he's won. They did win a playoff game last season, but um, that that's been the only playoff victory for for Jackson in his three years as a starter. um, Whereas Mahomes is six and two in the playoffs with with a ring. So, okay, guys, uh, we'll have plenty more to discuss after the game uh, in in Baltimore on uh on sunday night did i mention that I, i'm not a big fan of the night football but we'll again we'll, we'll save that for another show uh, down the road anyway um programming notes the you know we're back next tuesday talking royals at 10 a.m please join us then for vahe gregorian herbie teope sam mellinger um sam mcdowell who wasn't with us today we'll be in, in sometime in the next couple of weeks and for our producer beth welsh Thanks a lot for joining us. Big thanks to all of you for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Herbie Teofi, Sam Mellinger, and Vahe Gregorian for Talking Chiefs. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on kansascity.com. Hey, got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month, unless you cancel. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com sportspass2020. That is kansascity.com slash sportspass2020 and I wanted to call your attention to something new. It's called the Morning Sports Edition. If you know about the Stars E-Edition, and that's a replica of the printed newspaper on your screen that comes with your digital subscription. Well, now there's an updated sports section produced separately that goes along with it. When you open the E-Edition, there's a box in the upper right-hand corner. You click on that and you can access a sports page that includes all the late afternoon and evening news, or maybe you get a link in your email either way it is access to complete coverage of the previous day's sports news features statistics everything this morning i read about the royals loss to the oakland a's the game that ended after i went to sleep last night i saw some chiefs features future big 12 basketball schedules and more listen however you get the star i want to thank you because you're supporting the best sports and news coverage in kansas city and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Friday with another episode.